The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. So excited to have you with me this evening and very excited about the show and the guests that we're going to be speaking to. I am on the Rebel Road and we have done now 40 shows to date. I have my Birmingham, Alabama show on Sunday and then it's back to South Carolina for four shows, a break, and then the second leg of this Rebel Road tour, my one-woman show that is to illustrate how the conversations with the universe come in, how we can connect the dots and are guided in each and every moment, that it is a time to now live beyond all of the excuses that we have had and allow ourselves to follow our hearts and step into the truth that is being asked of us to live. What I have discovered on this journey as I am moving around the country in this tiny little home that is 31 foot by 7 foot with two other amazing, courageous women and my two children is that we need far less than we think we do. I've let go of a lot in the last year, an 18-year arranged marriage, a lot of the material trappings that came with that marriage and really set out to say if the universe really is here in support of us, can we truly just live our hearts and trust completely that everything we need will be provided? And I can tell you it has been the adventure of a lifetime so far. In these few months that we've been out on the road, there has been more magic and more amazing beauty in the hearts and souls that are connecting and also such guidance that is coming from this world around us that speaks to us all of the time. You can find out more about how I talk about sign, symbol, synchronicity and how the world speaks to us in my book, Conversations with the Universe. But... I am so thrilled because the author that I am introducing you to tonight, she has written a book called So We're Still Here, Now What? And this book so very much is in resonance with what I believe. It is so very much the words that I also want people to know. And I think that this and my book are wonderful companion pieces because they really do speak so much of the same language when it comes to our guidance and our power. And so I would like to introduce you to Gwilda Wiaka. She is considered by many to be the, today's foremost expert on the modern-day application of the shamanic principle. She is the founder, director, and owner of Path Home Shamanic Art School, a Colorado state-certified occupational school that trains and certifies shamanic practitioners and instructors. As a preceptor for the University of Colorado School of Medicine, she provides instruction to medical doctors on the modern interface between shamanism and allopathic medicine for the university's School of Medicine's Complementary and Alternative Medicine course. 
She is the author of So We're Still Here, Now What? Spiritual Evolution and Personal Empowerment in a New Era. I'd like to welcome Gwilda Liaka to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome, Gwilda. Oh, thank you so much, Samaran. I'm really thrilled about this book, and there's so much that I'd love to get into, and, and I love how you uh, began this journey with us, really taking us into your own ability of of u- using shamanic type of practices and really connecting with your mom and something that she was going through, even though she was several states away. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about... Um, how how that story began so that people can kind of understand what shamanism is in, in the practical, useful form as someone that is using it in her life, being it in her life, so to speak. Great. Well, I will start that with the definition of shamanism that I've come up with um, because oftentimes we think of shamanism as the anthropological uh, viewpoint, which is really one of uh, observing it from the outside. And anthropologists saw shamanism as um, uh, a magical, mystical, um, superstitious practice whereby the practitioner talks to spirits and this sort of thing. And from the outside, that is, you know, what it looks like. But actually, what shamanism is, I've discovered over the 40 years I've been working with it, it's an organized set of rituals designed to help the practitioner focus their natural ability to manage matter at the quantum level. Um, and that's where the push and pull of life uh, is before it starts to manifest in physicality. It's kind of like the, the fuel or the, um, the, the uh, groundwork for creation, where the matrix is formed of what's going to manifest physically. And there's a lot of things that go on at that level where we're all actually truly connected. Um, and so that being the case, um, the story I'm about to tell you about my mother and what went on, I work with power animals and helping spirits, and um, they give me information in my practice and always have. And uh, there's a huge synchronicity between power animals um, and actual physical animals in the feather in this case. Um, and I, when I, there's something that really needs my attention in the physical world, ravens will physically come to me and, um, you know, get real close to me and caw at me or look in my window. And I know to go into a journey trance to find out what's going on that, that needs my attention. And this one particular day, a raven came and landed on a light post just outside my kitchen window and cawed in the window at me, and um, I said, okay, uh, is this something that can wait? And it just kept cawing, so I knew it wasn't. So I went and listened to my journey CD, which is a drumming CD that I've created, to go into the shamanic journey trance, which is a measurable altered state of consciousness um, that we can talk about later if you like. But anyway, when I went to the journey trance and then in spirit journey to the raven, the raven flew directly north, and I followed it in middle world, uh, but outside of time and space. And it flew me into Wyoming from Colorado and in through my mother's front door. And when I came in through my mother's front door in spirit, I saw her sitting um, wearing a red robe and, and sitting in her recliner. And her lips were blue and she was gasping for breath and her face and ankles were swollen and her fingertips were blue. And Raven said to me in my mind's ear, your mother needs you. And so I, my awareness, I journeyed back into my body and got up and went and called my sister. And my sister said, oh, you give me the willies when you do that. I was just picking up the phone to call you. There's something really wrong with mom and dad, and I can't get her to go to the hospital. So I said, well, I'll be there. And my son, 16-year-old son, was living with me at the time, and I called down to him, Mark, I need you to get me to Casper, pronto. There's something wrong with your grandma. And uh, he said, uh, you know, 
I'll be there. So basically what I learned from that experience is you don't tell a 16-year-old boy with a 280Z, just get me there. <laughs> we were clocked on 120 when we got pulled over by the Wyoming mm. patrol, and we were back up to speed shortly thereafter. Um, and when I got to Casper, there were ravens sitting in the trees uh, around her house, and I walked through the front door, and she sat in the cha- same chair wearing the same robe, which I, by the way, had never seen, um, as, as she was on the journey. And she says to me, Gwilda, I knew you'd know. I knew you'd come. And I said to her, well, that's what I do. So this is the kind of experiences that, that we have when we are living in a shamanic way. We are not limited by time and space, and there are messages coming to us at all times from all of our relations. Now, when when you say that we can live in this way at all times, I, I know from reading your book that we have very much the same stance on a couple of things, and one of those things is the more we know, the less we really know, that, that if we feel like we know too much, there's really nothing that we can be, um, we can't be taught anything, so we can't be open to what's out there, and for us to become cleaner and clearer and, and probably to tap into our senses or to go more deeply even into some of these practices such as um, the shamanic practices you speak of, it does require a lot of our own introspection and processing and willingness to dive in to um, who we've been, who we are, the, the reason we've created certain belief systems. Can a person have these shamanic experiences without doing that, or is that part of um, really helping us get connected in this oneness way to all things in our world. There's a lot of school thought out there that thinks that if you just learn the rituals, then you know, then then you got the practice. And I am not of that school of thought. Uh, you know, shaman is a shaman does, and it's all about frequency. The a true shaman is a frequency master. They are able to move through a wide range of frequencies in order to access the bandwidth of frequency that's needed at any given time to heal a situation, person, place, or thing. And as we live in this world, we systematically, through damage of all kinds, disconnect from our natural uh, birthright, our band of frequencies, and just living in the time that we've lived in, living in this society as it is. We've disconnected from much of who we are. And the only way to reconnect with that is to process out who we are not. So, yes, you can do the rituals, and yes, you can do some shamanic work through them, but you're very limited by your unwillingness or inability to do your own processing work. The true masters live their work. They process out what they are not in order to be able to access the band of frequencies required to do the work in a good way. And you talk about the first step of evolution is cracking that personal cosmic egg, uh, and the second step is that we uh, entirely, it's all really an inside job, that we have to go in there and really, really do it. When we do that for ourselves and we begin to see that life does have this magical play of connecting us to uh, things beyond time and space, what is the next step beyond that to really deepen the shamanic practice in that way, to really be that uh, person that can live between the worlds. It's about unity, and 
um, the first step to me is, of course, the processing. But within that processing is reuniting with all of our relations, uh, having a developing a relationship with the planet itself, developing a relationship with the animals, developing a relationship with the animals and the minerals and, and, and ourselves. But then beyond that, there's another level of shamanism that we're coming to a time that we can engage in, and I, I've named that galactic shamanism. That's the shamanism that was active during the time the Mayan calendar was written, or another time when we were in a, um, a very high-frequency time, and we can interface with people from the stars. So that's a big issue that a lot of people, I think, came away with feeling um, somewhat perplexed by. You know, we, we went through this period where in 2012, all of this stuff was supposed to happen, and here we are in 2013, going on 2014. And I think people, many of them, look at the world and the state that it's in, and they're kind of wondering, well, what do I do now? I was so prepared for it all to end, or I was so prepared for it to be this all of a sudden massive change and ascension of everything. So what do we do with ourselves in this moment that would be for the highest and best good of ourselves and for all of those relations? Again, it's, it's about frequency. You know, Einstein said um, uh, everything is frequency. That's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality that you want, and you can't help but get that reality. This isn't philosophy. This is physics. And basically what he's saying there is if we have a restricted frequency... That's going to be our experience, and the experience that we're living right now as a society is, has been a programmed frequency by the system at hand. We're coming into a time where we have access to a greater bandwidth, but we have to process out our personal programming in order to access it and create a new reality. It's not going to just magically happen. That's why it didn't magically happen on, on 12-21-12, because we, it's there. It's, it's actually there, but we have to be able to access it in order to bring it here, in order to have it be our experience, in order to have it be more the experience of the masses. And that's why nothing happened, and yet everything happened. And that's why nothing changed, and yet everything changed. It's individual by individual, according to our gifts, according to our willingness to do the work. The disparity between our restricted, compensated expression and our natural, more fluid state is caused by, among many other things, socialization. Children are socialized into behaviors and beliefs that are not necessarily in alignment with their true expression, their original expression, having been much more aligned with nature. Constantly responding in a way that is not natural to us takes additional energy. First to block our natural response, then to assume the culturally accepted responses that allow us to fit into society. Our options within our set, as discussed in Wheels Within Wheels, becomes increasingly compromised, limiting our mobility, which restricts our ability to align with the ever-changing frequencies of the seasons, the planet, and our position in the universe. Behaving in this way are alien to our natural results in a configuration that is less flexible and therefore less aerodynamic. In short, we have more drag. This is from the book, so we're still here. Now what? Spiritual evolution and personal empowerment in a new era. The author is Wilda Wiaka, and she shares the easy-to-follow spiritual realms in order to be able to enable healing. Scattered throughout this book are engaging stories of her own life experiences that will help you to mature in your understanding of the spiritual truths. Her new book offers an enlightened view into the spiritual realm with a clear cosmic perspective, 
Her approach is practical and empowering, and her message is critical for our current time. We'll be right back with Wilda Liaka. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you would like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Simron at Simron-Singh.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simron Singh. Rosa Wiaka has studied shamanism for over 38 years and has been a practitioner for over 20 she has taught the shamanic arts for 15 years, and she teaches workshops and seminars throughout the world and is an inspirational speaker, an accomplished singer and songwriter with four CDs to date. You can find out more about her at wildawiaka.com. That's G-W-I-L-D-A-W-I-Y-A-K-A.com, or you can look at the paragraph below and you will find the link. Uh, her book is So We're Still Here, Now What? Spiritual Evolution and Personal Empowerment in a New Era. And a small piece from that book is here. There is no ultimate truth, but rather an ever-evolving one. Truth is an ever-expanding frequency, one we must ourselves evolve to embrace. She discovered that one cannot find truth or possess it, but rather must become it. We can only let it shine through us into the world, for it is too boundless to contain and everyone we encounter can only embrace a limited portion of it. In Gilda's humble opinion, learning to conduct your own shamanic journey is the single most personal empowering skill you can learn, for with this technique alone you can access the Akashic Records and commune with spirit. Through performing your shamanic journey, you will be able to access personal answers and design your customized map home to your spiritual evolution and personal empowerment. What does that do, Brilda, when people are able to access the Akashic Records? Uh, does that help them in any sort of way, or does it help them to understand um, the, the purpose that they're here for or where they came from? Speak a little bit to that in relation to the shamanic 
journey. Sure. Um, the Akashic records are, are simply a record of, record, uh, of uh, frequency. And any question that we might have is, you know, the answer is actually stored there, as is the frequency of every animal or every plant that's ever lived on the planet. And so if we have a question about how we want to guide our lives in order to cooperate with what's coming at the quantum level, with what's moving at the quantum level, through the shamanic journey, you can, and, and, and through, um, learning how to interpret the metaphors thereof, you can actually get information about the past and about the future uh, in order to make your choices on how to direct your life. Person to person, I can't, I can't think of anything more empowering. It takes the guesswork out of it in a, in a way. But the bottom line is what's important is you have to realize it, they still remain your choices. You know, the buck stops here. Spirit really doesn't care what we do. We're going to get our lessons one way or the other. It's how conscious do we choose to create and if we choose to consciously create, we can use the shamanic journey skill to access the information we need in order to make those conscious choices. And as we're moving into more and more of this age, it actually becomes necessary to acquire these skills so that we can understand more of what the world is trying to, to show us and also how we can serve in a bigger way. Um, talk about how we view some of the things that are happening in our world and how do we take the shamanic principles or our being more present to who we really are in serving in that way? Yes, it's, it's like we've disconnected ourselves from the planet and from nature to our extreme detriment. And the shamanic way is one of connectedness to the way life really works. And when we're disconnected from the way life really works, we needlessly put ourselves in harm's way. If you remember during the tsunami, the, the huge tsunami, every animal that wasn't tied down or locked up went for higher ground. It was only the people that were out there on the exposed ocean bed grabbing for fish. We have lost our connection. And if we have that connection, we know where to be, when to be, and what to be doing in order to prosper and to have safe passage. Right now, things are changing so quickly that we really need to have that information. Um, I was here during, um, in Colorado, and I'm sure you saw the news of all the floods. I was right in the middle yeah. of that. And um, two days before we even knew the storm was coming, I suddenly got this prompting to go shopping. Now, you have to understand, I really hate shopping. <laughs> but for the first time ever, I did like five different stops in one day. On the same day, I had quite a few um, long-distance sessions as well. And I, all the time I'm doing this, I'm thinking, this is really strange. Why am I doing this? And then what was particularly odd is I picked up a couple of bottles of, um, of uh, distilled water. And I'm going, I've got a water filter. What am I doing? But I couldn't bring myself to put them back. When the floods hit, my house was dry. I built the house based on um, the principles of the four directions and everything. And it stayed completely dry, high and dry. And I wanted for absolutely nothing. But I could not go anywhere. All the roads around me were washed out. I was in the middle of a flood area. And this is an example of how simple it is when we're connected and how disastrous it can be when we're not. You talk a lot about cycles within the book, and are some of the things that are occurring in the world in regard to nature all the way to even 
systems, such as our economic systems and our government systems, are those part of the cycles to help us evolve? Or does this have anything to do with, with also the movement through the photon band that you speak about in the book as we are moving into greater enlightenment and higher frequency? Yes and yes. Um, what's happening, and this is what was predicted by the Mayan calendar to be happening during this time, is that we're moving into a high, higher band of frequency particles that some people have referred to as the photon band. Um, there's a Russian scientist, Dr. Demonstrative. I don't speak Russian well, um, but he's uh, observed an increase in plasma on the leading edge of the sun's magnetic field. And uh, he actually believes this is the result of the sun's magnetic field moving through this area of the galaxy where the energy is more highly charged. And this increase in charge is causing the excitation of the plasma on the leading edge of the sun's heliosphere, which makes more plasma to form, and it results in more luminosity or brightness. Um, what's interesting, though, is this energy is also flowing into the sun, causing it to emit the energy along its ecliptic or equilateral plane uh, and saturating interplanetary space. So every, every place that the uh, Earth and the sun's electromagnetic field cross, this increase is then being fed into the Earth through her magnetic field. So the sun is increasing in its band of frequency, the earth is increasing in her band of frequency, and we have disconnected from life, and so we're not increasing. So there's a lot of pressure being put on old systems, there's a lot of pressure being put on the earth herself, and that's why we're seeing all these, you know, increase in M-class flares, earthquakes, floods, strange weather patterns, but it happens cyclically every time we start to enter into this high-frequency band. The last time we were here was in the age of Leo, and now as we move into the age of Aquarius, predictably, it's happening again. And you, you illustrate through some wonderful chartings how it is related to, to the zodiac, and you also have a breakdown of how the zodiac is also uh, related to different, um, I guess, titles, unity, wise ones, shaman, monks, dogma. Are those phases that we move through, or are those uh, people within the zodiac, or those planetary systems uh, part of what is creating the different movements? Okay, what I'm speaking of there is at different times, um, different frequencies are supported. So when we're in the age of Leo or the age of Aquarius, we're directly in the photon band, and so we have a much wider bandwidth of frequency in which to operate. And that, those are the dams, the, the, that last time we were in it in the age of Leo, that's what the myths and legends speak of, the time when man was one with God, uh, the time of the garden. And so basically we have an opportunity, not that we all take it, but we have a greater opportunity in those times to reconnect directly with spiritual or, or um, um, quantum information. As we start to move out of the photon band, as our sun moves around the galaxy, we start to move out of the photon band, then only people with a genetic predisposition to lower resistance to frequency are the ones that can reconnect with this information. And that's what we call, what I labeled are the wise ones. As the sun moves a little further out of the photon band, there's even less bandwidth than those ones that have the uh, genetic predisposition doing ceremony can reconnect back with, with the spiritual information. And those are what we call the shaman. As we move a little further out of the light, then only those with a pre, uh, genetic predisposition doing ritual and cloistered can reconnect back. And that's what we call the monks. Until we're in the age, uh, the, directly the darkest part of the cycle, which is in the age of Taurus or the age of Scorpio, 
there is no direct connection back to speak of, and that's the age of dogma. And that's when all these ceremonies start to be worshipped because they're no longer seen as a connection, but the connection themselves. And everything becomes dogmatic, from religion to science to shamanism. Now, on the way walk back out, we're moving through exactly the opposite. We've moved from the dogmatic time into the time of the monks, into the time of the shaman, into the time of the wise ones, and now we're moving into a time when all those exist, of course, in any given time. But now we're moving into a time when what's really supported is the individual being able to make personal connection themselves. But it requires, once again, processing out of the old limiting belief systems and damage and embracing who we really are. Every culture has its own myths, legends, and prophecies of the ancient past. The following is a creation story told by Lee Brown, and it is inside of Gwildawiaka's book, So We're Still Here, Now What? It is on guardianship. There was the cycle of the mineral, the rock. There was the cycle of the plant. And now we are in the cycle of the animals, coming to the end of that and the beginning of the cycle of the human being. When we get to the cycle of the human being, the highest and greatest powers that we will have will be released to us. They will be released from that light or soul that we carry to the mind. But right now we're coming to the end of the animal cycle, and we have investigated ourselves and learned what it is like to be an animal on this earth. At the beginning of the cycle of time long ago, the great spirit came down and he made an appearance and he gathered the peoples of the earth together. They say on an island which is now beneath the water, and he said to the human beings, I'm going to send you to four directions, and over time I'm going to give you some teachings. And you will call these the original teachings. And when you come back together with each other, you will share these so that you live and have peace on earth, and a great civilization will come about. And he said, during the cycle of time, I'm going to give each of you two stone tablets. When I give you those stone tablets, don't cast those upon the ground. If any of the brothers and sisters of the four directions and the four colors cast their tablets on the ground, not only will human beings have a hard time, but almost the earth itself will die. And so he gave each of us a responsibility, and we call that the guardianship. This is within Wilderiaka's book, So We're Still Here, Now What? Spiritual Evolution and Personal Empowerment in a New Era. She reveals the tremendous influences that are occurring and will continue to occur, which will affect us for quite some time. So what does this mean for us, and what does this book have to offer that is unlike all the hype and hysteria we have been bombarded with? It gives you quite a bit of information about galactic events. It lets you know that the Earth is fully in the photon band and high-frequency particles, that the fourth world of the mind calendar came to an end, and we're entering the fifth world of the mind calendar, among many more things. You can find out more about Wildawiaka at com. We'll be right back. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 
1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you would like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Simron at Simron-Singh.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simron Singh. The true nature of life is expansion and contraction, building and destroying. Our bodies do it on a moment-by-moment basis or we would die. The universe does it as well, so why not realities? Yet realities are simply a set of frequencies that don't cease to exist just because we move beyond them. Some individuals will stay in the old reality to hold that frequency as a springboard for the next reality. Like a multiple-story building, if the foundation is not maintained, the structure will fall. When you get on an elevator and go from the ground level to the third floor, your reality alters to the one held by the third floor. Yet the ground floor doesn't cease to exist just because you are now on the third floor. This is from the book... So we're still here, now what? By Wilda Wiaka. She's considered by many to be today's foremost expert on the modern-day application of the shamanic principle. She's the founder, director, and owner of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a Colorado state-certified occupational school that trains and certifies shamanic practitioners and instructors. You can find out more about everything that she does at wildawiaka.com, G-W-I-L-D-A-W-I-Y-A-K-A.com. Well, then when we talk about that uh, expansion and contraction and the building and the destroying, and you have that image of the elevator going up, so many people wonder, well, if I'm on the third floor, does the first floor still really exist? If I'm in one reality and I've shifted into this reality because I'm more positive, does the other reality still really exist for other people, but I have shifted into something that they no longer really exist in in my way? Can you talk a little bit about that as we are looking at this new age? Yes, I sure can. Um, we have um, uh, the idea before twelve twenty one twelve came along that you know the there was going to be the death of the old way and the birth of the new way, and there was all sorts of you know hysterical ideas about what that meant. But basically what happened and what continues to happen is we're moving to a, a band of frequencies and that's based on our relative positioning in the galaxy that supports uh, the fifth world. And the fourth world of the Mayan calendar, or many other indigenous tribes speak of it, was um, um, characterized by uh, dog-eat-dog, polarization, and parasitic existence. And that was just what, you know, that was the reality at the time. And all of our systems and everything built around that. But now as we move into the time of the fifth world, it supports, it doesn't create, but it more supports unity, 
synergy and win-win scenarios. However, it's totally up to the individual where they want to play. What playground are they going to be in? Which world are they going to dance? Because they all coexist. So I can look at someone across the room and make a statement to them, and they hear something totally different than what I'm saying because they're in one frequency level and I'm in another. I can see them over there. They haven't ceased to exist, but our realities are, are, are disparate. And that's increasingly happening. So it's a matter of choosing and, again, processing to the point that we can participate in what's being supported at this time. Um, but all the, all the bandwidths, the frequencies coexist. It's like, where are you going to tune your radio dial? It doesn't mean the other stations go away. It just means, what are you going to experience? What are you going to participate in? So in the book, you talk about um, the pyramid scheme and how it's really become a more masculine structure when we have this single structure pyramid. As we move into uh, the new way of being, the new human, there's a lot of programming that has taken place in the past. And you, you talk about physical programming and mental and emotional programming. Will you talk about all that in relation to that pyramid? And then how do we perhaps, I guess, invert that pyramid so that we allow in the more feminine and keep the programming that supports us, but bring in new programming that allows us to step into this new way of being. Exactly. I like to give it the, the, the image. It's not so much inverting the pyramid as rather than introducing the balance, the sacred marriage between the masculine and the feminine. And that's actually, if you envision the Star of David, when you move the two pyramids together, that's what you have um, in the um, age of Leo and the age of Aquarius, where the masculine and the feminine are in balance. Right now, we're moving out of a time of the masculine pyramid imbalance. But when we move out of Scorpio, when we're in Scorpio, we're in the age of feminine imbalance, where passions rule unbalanced by the mind, where in the masculine, the mind rules unbalanced by compassion and emotion. When you, when you have the opportunity to bring the two together, like I said, it's the sacred marriage, then we have to program out all of the damage in us that's been created by the imbalance or the polarized stance that we had of valuing only the mind while the heart languishes. And that means we have a lot of backed up emotion and judged against emotion that is then jammed and then media uses it to jerk us around by. So we, you know, we have to be able to consciously and uh, responsibly move that emotion without projecting it onto other people. Just move it, move it out. And that's the way we program out the, the uh, blockages in the emotional realm. In the physical realm, we're, we're bombarded with the um, chemicals and the GMOs and the air pollution. And it's very, very systematic and very intentional because it makes money. The Food and Drug Administration makes a lot of money out of foods and drugs. So why would they, think they, they create addictions to drugs and to foods, and they create ill health through the foods and the air and the water and all of these things? We can choose what we participate in there. We can choose to avoid GMO. We can choose to go more organic. We can choose to filter our water. Um, and nobody has to do all of it. You know, like I say in the book, if you, if you have a sacred cow that I'm hitting on here, you hang on to that bovine as long as you like. There's plenty of other things that you can do that is going to make an overall frequency change in your environment of your body, your mind, your heart, and your spirit. And everybody that makes any iota of change changes the whole for the better. And you talk about this body being a magic temple and that we change it on multiple levels when we make these types of choices, which 
allow us to affect that continuum of frequency um, in regard to how we are making those changes. It'll either going to go up or down based on the types of changes. Can you speak to some of the ideas that you share in the book as ways to support ourselves physically, mentally, energetically, emotionally? You bet. The the physical I spoke of, um, and that's where we, we, you know, being mindful of what we expose ourselves to as far as um, artificial, anything that is as close as it was, the way nature created it before humans got their grubby little paws on it is usually the best way to go. So in other words, avoiding chemicals, dyes, preservatives, um, uh, non-organic foods, GMO foods, um, is really going to help your frequency because the closer it is to nature, the, the more expansive the frequencies and the more balanced it is, and therefore the more balanced we are on the physical level. Cleanses can be very, very important um, to help detoxify the, you know, the, our environment has become quite toxic, and we have to really, really support our bodies at this time because of it. On the emotional realm, we need to, what are we exposing ourselves to? Are we sitting in front of a TV and being programmed with fear? Are we sitting in front of a TV and being programmed by anger and hate and rage and polarization and finger pointing? You know, what what are we exposing ourselves to? Because that's what we are becoming. And I'm not saying you can't watch TV. I I don't have one, haven't had one for years. Um, But, you know, there's good things, there's bad things. It's all a personal choice. But what is it doing to you? How important is it to you? What are you exposing your emotional realm to? How responsibly are you managing your emotions or are you uh, denying them and projecting them onto other people? And if we deny our emotions and project them onto others, we have no hope of changing because we're putting the power to change on the people that we're projecting our emotions onto. Mentally, there are these ideas and constructs that we've been programmed into that are extremely limiting. Nation to nation. The belief systems that people have about other countries and other, other environments are, are so erroneous. I grew up um, traveling all over the world, and so I wasn't programmed into any one culture, and that was very useful for me because I started seeing the, the, the um, propaganda that we're conditioned into in countries in order to control us, to keep us polarized against each other so that we cannot become empowered as people. And then spiritually... Becoming more whole, reclaiming the parts of ourselves that we've disconnected from through damage and, and socialization. And that, you know, if you've got a drum stick, everything looks like a drum, but there's a, a spiritual healing called soul retrieval. And you can find that on findyourpathhome.com website. I have practitioners that I've trained. They're certified shamanic practitioners, including myself, that we do long-distance soul retrieval. And that helps people reconnect with their bandwidth of spiritual frequency, which is very, very empowering. The human body not only receives and perceives a certain range of frequencies, but it also produces its own unique range. Every individual has a set of harmonics particular to their expression. The frequency of a person varies according to their level of processing, as well as what they're doing at any given time. Every thought, intent, belief, emotion, and denial alters our frequency. This alteration of harmonics has a marked effect on our environment, and it leaves a trace. It is through these alterations that sensitives sensitives such as natural psychics can read the scene of a crime and see what has happened there. These alterations in frequency also dictate the law of attraction and repulsion in our lives, which is how we, what we believe, think, or intend affects our experience, including our abundance, and everything else in our world. This is from So We're Still Here, Now What? Spiritual Evolution and Personal Empowerment in a New Era. 
Builder Riyaka shares her easy-to-follow spiritual realms in order to enable healing. And scattered throughout this book are engaging stories of her own life experiences that will help you to mature in your understanding of spiritual truths. You can find out more about all of the work she does, including her CDs, her drumming CDs, as well as other works and trainings of shamanic study at her website, wilderiaka.com. We'll be right back. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you would like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Simron at Simron-Singh.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simron Singh. Channeling and divination are shamanic skills, and there are many gifted individuals with us today who have a genetic predisposition to shamanic skills that allows them access to spiritual information. Some of these individuals are bringing valid channelings with profound information to aid us. Many of these are offering a mixed bag, as the light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. We are limited by our level of processing and understanding at any given time. There is no ultimate truth. Instead, there are infinite levels of the truth, depending upon our frequency or level of reality. So in the end, is it that what's real needs to be what we're willing to dive into ourselves, Wilda, by the, based on how much we're ready to discover um, through ourselves, through the experience of ourselves and how much we can clean and clear. Um, I, I want to really get at how people can discover how to journey in the way that you journey um, so that they start to tap into more of their own truths rather than having to run outside to others for truths. Yes, that's, that is so empowering, and that would be the shamanic journey trance. And um, I have a chapter in the book, so we're still here now, what called Shamanism 101. 
and it is actual step-by-step instructions on how to perform the shamanic journey and how to start working on interpreting it. And uh, I teach a lot of different shamanic skills. There's 380-plus hours in the certification program alone, and that's just only one program that I teach, um, the practitioner certification program. Um, and of, of all of those, the most empowering class I teach is the basic one, and that's the shamanic journey. Um, because you can use the shamanic journey to get your own answers to your own questions and direct your own life rather than rely on the dubious clarity of those around you. So I know that so many of us as children, we were, we were told that things that we saw were only our imagination and that were not real. Um, in, in stepping into uh, being willing to go into the different worlds and see life for what it really offers, is there anything one can do to re-engage their belief that the world can be this magical? Yes, again, I think the most damaging things we do to our children is say, oh, honey, it's just your imagination. Because if we can't imagine a thing, we can't create it. And likewise, imagination, not the mind, are the channels through which spiritual information come. Um, you, spirit is unified, and our reality is polarized. And getting the information across that is like trying to have a Mac talk to a PC. They just don't communicate. But if you zip the file in one and then transfer it across and unzip it in the other, then you can transfer the files from the Mac to the PC. It's the same way with spiritual information. And the way we zip the file from spirit, from the quantum level where the mind can't follow, is we paint a metaphor on the imagination and then decode it with the mind. And that's how we interpret, uh, interpret spiritual information or what's actually happening at the quantum level. And it's no mistake that we have been systematically trained against trusting what's in our imagination. They said, oh, honey, it's not real. It's just your imagination. No, it's very real. And, and it's just learning how to engage that. So like meditation is learning mind control of your you know, you know, focus of the mind. The shamanic journey is using the landscape of the imagination to paint a metaphor that represents what's actually taking place at the quantum level to find your sweet spot in it. At the more advanced levels, you can actually shift through your intent. You can shift what's about to manifest around you at the the quantum level and create the matrix for what you want rather than having to deal with it once it's already made matter and is more unwieldy. And you write that, that depending on where we set our intent to journey and the purposes of that journey, that we may actually shift the landscapes of the unconscious mind or of the collective entirely. Exactly. Exactly. Intent is amazing. And uh, you quoted where I was talking about um, how every intent, every thought, every feeling, everything that we go through shifts our frequency. Um, accordingly, and then therefore it affects the environment and it affects the masses, it affects the planet. Right now we have a lot of things going on on the planet that are very, very challenging. Um, all the radiation still coming from the disaster, from the earthquakes in Japan, all these things look to be um, no-hopers, if you will. But if we are conscious enough to work with our frequency enough, we can literally transmute the frequency of radiation to make it non-harmful to all of our relations. Now, you also have some chartings where you talk about the levels of reality, and and people often speak about what's beyond the veils. Can you talk about the lower, middle, and upper world and what these different levels of reality represent? 
Sure. Lower, middle, and upper world are kind of these uh, ways of describing it that make sense to the mind. And it, it doesn't operate as linear as this, but it's pretty universal. Um, lower world and upper world are, are on the what we call the other side of the veil. In other words, it's like positive and negative numbers. Neither is good nor bad. They're just increasingly higher frequencies, but in different directions. So... There's a, a frequency bandwidth where our reality is right now. And within that bandwidth, we have belief systems and influences and things that may or may not be totally accurate or may or may not have our best interest at heart. But once you go beyond a particular bandwidth of frequency, whatever is there and whatever information you're getting there is of a higher level, is more reliable, is, is um, more... Um, uh, has our best interest at heart, and that's what we call upper and lower world. Middle world is that narrow band of reality, but outside of time and space, where we live right now. It's our reality, um, and or, or, our con- conglomerations of realities as human beings that are incarnate at this time. And that's where we can uh, re- do remote viewing, astral projection, um, uh, divination, that sort of thing. We do that in middle world, which is, again, a shamanic space that's out time, outside of time and space, but it is in this reality. So we, here we stand at the precipice of this remarkable adventure, the adventure of human evolution. We have the opportunity to be among the chosen ones, to steward an entirely new way of being. We indeed do have the chance to move beyond the current system. We can now become the co-creators of our experience. As we've seen, there is a price of entry. That price is nothing more or nothing less than undergoing a shamanic death. Yet what must die is the illusion. Through its death we are reborn. This is from Wilda Wiaka's book. So we're still here. Now what? Wilda, what is it that really has to die so that we can truly be reborn? The lie. We've been told lies. We've started to believe lies. We've become lies. And this has happened through two very foreign entities that have been imposed on us, guilt and shame. You know, all of our other emotions have a purpose, a place. They're part of our natural expression. But guilt and shame are imposed on people in order to control them. We feel guilty. We feel shame. And we project it onto others. What has to die is our view of ourselves first as shameful beings that are less than perfect. And then we have to let go of everything that we've been taught because most of it is not true or is only partially true. We die to who we are not so that we we can become truly who we are. And you speak about in the book that there is actually a map home and that map home exists within each of us. Will you speak a little bit to this in the last couple of minutes that we have? Okay, the map home is the, what I've named a series of the books, books of this, uh, So We're Still Here Now, What is the First? And next year I'm going to come out with the second in the series, and it's called These and Greater Things. But the map home is actually an energetic center that exists within our auric fields, within our body. And we've disconnected from these different frequencies, these different um, um, operating frequencies. And as we reconnect with ourselves, we reconnect with our expansive power in the world. And these are actually generated through our bodies into the quantum level to create the life we want, to correct the imbalances in the world around us. That's what I call the map home. It's, it's, um, and on the front of the book, you'll see a, a picture of the, of the configuration. It's sacred geometry. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Gwilda, for being with us on 1111 Talk Radio. 
Her book is, so we're still here now, what? Shamanic teacher Gwilda Wiaka provides clear, in-depth explanations of global shifts, natural laws, shamanism, and quantum physics, the current acceleration of time, and how to take advantage of the evolving frequencies to empower our lives. Definitely connect to her at gwildawiaka.com and get her book. So we're still here now, what? While you're ordering that one, definitely order my own as well, Conversations with the Universe, How the World Speaks to Us, and my new release that will be out in about two weeks can be pre-ordered on Amazon as well, Your Journey to Enlightenment, 12 Guiding Principles of Love, Courage, and Commitment. Find out more about The Rebel Road and all the things that are going on, including a free subscription to 1111 Magazine, accessible at Simran-Singh.com or 1111MAG.com. Until next week, I'm Simran Singh. In love, of love, with love and as love. Be well. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Talk Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens.